I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. On the radio, one until four after four o'clock. If you missed the show or parts of it, you pick it up on the podcast, John and Ken On Demand. Well, yesterday was Sunday, October 1st, and we told you last week that that is the return of zero bail in Los Angeles County. It was a decision that was made in a case that came before a judge and eventually agreed upon by a number of L.A. County Superior Court So we're going to talk pre-arraignment release protocols largely eliminates the existing cash bail system for all but the most serious of crimes. So we're going to talk now with uh, John McKinney. He is a deputy uh, district attorney in Los Angeles County, and he's running to replace George Gascon. And let's talk to John now. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh, what what's your opinion of this new zero bail policy from the L.A. County Superior Court? I think it's terrible for Los Angeles. Uh, it's going to increase crime. It's going to increase failures to appear in court. It's going to increase warrants. It's going to be expensive to the taxpayers of the county of Los Angeles. It's going to increase crime. It's going to increase victimization. It's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Uh, it's stunning that this is coming from our our superior court, which has largely stayed out of the politics of the criminal justice system over the past three years. Um, this is a bad sign because it appears that the court itself is stepping into the political fray. It is a solution in search of a problem, and it's just terrible. Shouldn't this come from our elected representatives? 
I understand judges yeah. are elected, but judges are not elected to impose this kind of drastic change on how we handle, you know, everyday crime. Right. And and uh, I heard some reporting earlier that a lawsuit has been filed by a number of cities. Uh, that's very encouraging because I do think that given the separation of powers doctrine and uh, the risk of harm that this new policy will likely cause, that it's important that it get challenged in court. But this, this is a political question, you know, and, and we really have to refute the notion of John and Ken. This is very important for people to understand and talk to their neighbors and friends about. We have to refute the notion that people are being held in custody simply because they are poor. That is absolutely untrue. People who are in custody are in custody because there's probable cause to believe that they committed a crime and not just probable cause to believe they committed a crime, but their record shows, their criminal history shows that they are untrustworthy to release. Most of the people who come before the court get released on their own recognizance every day. I'm here in East LA, 90% of the people are out on their own recognizance. The small percentage who are held in custody are held there because a judge looks at their criminal history or the crime before the court and says, I can't trust you. I can't trust to release you back into the community. Now, bail, bail is not, not uh, a lock that holds people in custody. Bail is actually a key that lets people out of custody. Bail is nothing more than collateral. Bail, even for people that the court finds generally untrustworthy, the court will release on bail if a person is able to post collateral sufficient enough to convince the court that they will follow the court's rules and orders right. and return to court. Right. They'll show up for the hearings. They'll show up for the trial or they lose their money or they lose their collateral, right. their property. So now now, now right. there's an incentive for them to show up and 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 deal with the deal with the charges and not just disappear. I, I don't understand. Right. Why would they do this at the height of a crime wave where every night we're seeing these massive smash and grab robberies at all the shopping malls, all the stores? What, why, why would you pick now to decide to have a no bail policy? You know, that's the billion dollar question. That's the question that 12 cities are asking a court in Orange County to decide. And let's let's uh, let the listeners know about some of the crimes that are fight and release. I, I, I noted a couple of them from the court's new bail schedule. Are you ready for this? No. Shooting on a public highway. Shooting on a public highway. Fight and release. Possession of a flame throwing device without a, a, a license. Fight and release. Advocating the killing or injuring of a police officer, cite and release. False imprisonment, cite and release. Unlawful sex with a minor, cite and release. I can go on and on and on. Every theft crime under 950, cite and release. It makes no sense. And here's a doozy. Let's say that an officer cites and releases someone under this new bail schedule, and that person predictably fails to appear in court the court will issue a warrant for that person. When that person is picked up on a warrant for willful failure to appear after being released on one's own recognizance, that's book and release. Book and release after you're already out for failing to appear in the first place. So you have to wonder who sat around the table 
and came up with this protocol and for what purpose? Well, this is a, a, like a, a blanket rejection of the concept of bail. They, yeah, they, they it, don't they don't it, want anybody it, in a jail even for five minutes. And that's what it is. It, it really falls along the narrative of those who want to destroy our public institutions. They don't want jails in the first place. I mean, there's an easy way to deal with the pre-arraignment detention. If, if you really think the 48 hours is a problem, which no court has ever said was unconstitutional until Judge Riff said it. But if you really thought that was a problem, if the, if the Superior Court really thought that was a problem, they would open night courts. They would have 24-hour arraignment courts. A person gets arrested for a crime, police officers drive them right over to the arraignment court. They can see a judge right away. And that judge at least will have the benefit of having that person's rap sheet in front of him or her, having some advocacy on behalf of the people and on behalf of the arrested person, and then can make an informed decision about whether to release them or not. None of that happens under this blanket fight and release book and release policy. So uh, it's now infected the judges of the L.A. County Superior Court. I mean, it, it, you know, we have this insane district attorney who believes in in mayhem, basically, just anarchy. Now we've got the judges on the L.A. County Superior Court. The, the ordinary public, we don't have anybody protecting us now. Everybody's well, on the true. criminal we, side. I mean, what happened here? Well, we're losing control uh, of our community. We're losing control uh, of our way of, of doing business. We need new leadership. And, uh, yeah, it's very discouraging because for a long time we were focused on Gascon and his crazy policies his crazy pretrial release policy. This in many ways goes beyond what even Gascon did. Now he, he loves this. He's already publicly embraced it, which should surprise no one. But you know, somebody was telling me the other day, someone said to me, John, you know what the problem is nowadays with our elected officials? Um, they're not interested in just doing the job and doing a good job. They're all interested in leaving some kind of a legacy. You know, they all want to do something bold and different. And uh, and I think that is what the court is doing here. We have a new presiding uh, judge of our superior court. Uh, I think she just took over within the last year. And she seems to be very much in favor of this policy. I think she stepped in it. And I really hope the court pulls back uh, away from this. Samantha Jessner. You know, I up until this past week, I'd never heard of her. And and now she's the presiding judge, and I guess she gave final approval to this uh, zero bail policy. And and this is what frustrates people: it's somebody you never heard of, you never noticed in life, and and now you're going to unleash every criminal to run amok without any consequences. And, and it was completely unnecessary because our Supreme Court, and everybody knows the California Supreme Court is fairly liberal and left leaning in, in its philosophy. But they gave every court in California a blueprint on how to handle pretrial detention. They couldn't make it more clear that the courts had to consider lesser restrictive means before imposing bail. And if the court felt, felt bail was necessary because there was no lesser restrictive mean that would work, they had to consider a person's ability to pay. They dealt with the issue of uh, the disparate income uh, uh, impact on people in custody. So that 
$50,000 for one man might be $500 for another man. Our Supreme Court addressed this in, in great detail, laid it all out, solved the problem, and now we get this. All right, John McKinney, how can people find out more about your campaign for DA? Uh, people can follow me uh, on my website at McKinney4LA.com, but I'm very active also on Instagram and Twitter at John McKinney underscore. I would love for all your listeners to check me out, follow me, and keep the conversation about public safety in Los Angeles going. All right. Thanks for talking to us today. Thank you, guys. All right. That's L.A. County Deputy District Attorney John McKinney, who would like George Gascon's job. And of course, he's one of many running in next March is primary. And of course, another good choice, as many of them are and anybody but Gascon. We'll talk more. When we come back. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right. So now we know it isn't just L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon that is destroying the criminal justice system in the county. It's also a number of L.A. County Superior Court judges. Uh, we will tell you that 12 L.A. County cities later on Friday have uh, announced a lawsuit trying to block the return of zero bail. They are Arcadia, Artesia, Covina, Downey, Glendora, Industry, Lakewood, Laverne, Palmdale, Santa Fe Springs, Vernon, and Whittier. We talked to Mayor Joe Venetieri earlier in the show. You can pick it up on demand on the podcast. You want to hear what he said to us at the top of the show at one o'clock. The difficulty here is that the lawsuit would ordinarily go to L.A. County Superior Court where the Nobel decision came from. So there is apparently a request that maybe Orange County Superior Court hear it. I don't know how that would work, but well, supposedly I, I, there's a hearing coming up on Wednesday of some huge, nature. It's a huge conflict of interest here. Right, but how can Orange County Superior Court have any jurisdiction over L.A. County Superior Court? Well, you just... Wouldn't you need to go to a state court well, that it, would... Well, I mean, you could. You have to move it to a neutral court, I think, is what they're looking at. Uh, a court that doesn't have a stake in the decision. Oh, yeah, that's right, but... Well, are you going to have Samantha Jessner or Lawrence Riff rule on the, uh, on, on the legality of their own order? But can Orange County Superior Court reverse a ruling from another county? I... I don't think it works like that. Well, yeah, I guess if they identify that there's been some kind of legal mistake made, yeah. because if the argument that uh, the Whittier mayor was giving us that there, th this was done without much notice. Right. Among other well, things. Well, it was a decision that a judge made a few months ago. And then about a month after that, they announced that they were going to put together a new uh, bail schedule. And then, I don't know when it was, they announced October 1st it would come into effect. It wasn't that long ago. You know, I, what, it, what it's done, and this is what the, the activists have educated those on their side to identify the offices that no one pays attention to. And, and I've read that this was an intentional act. And in the Internet social media era, it's very effective, is to get people to focus on a specific race that much of the public takes for granted, or maybe doesn't even notice. Good example is district attorney's race, right? Right. You just, most people are not engaged in a race like that. And often, a candidate can win re-election over and over again simply because they're in the incumbent. I mean, Steve Cooley had a string of wins like that. Not that he didn't deserve it, but it, it's easier when you're an incumbent. Uh, Gascon took advantage of a weakened candidate uh, who's under attack by Black Lives Matter. 
and there was a there was a lot of organized forces and money behind him and his agenda and it it is the George Soros money and this also worked in Chicago this worked in Philadelphia worked in New York City and a number of places and that's why all these cities at the same time are going to hell because each one of them got a district attorney in this in the same time frame. It was all funded by these activist groups by oh, George Soros. All back in 2020, pretty much right. when the, the whole that, uproar started after the George well, Floyd shooting. I know one of the one of the worst episodes in American life is when Black Lives Matter thinking uh, started per, pervaded district attorneys' offices. Right. Be, because because that, that you you can't live like this. You can't live without. Uh, a judicial system that that works properly without a police force that's completely funded without a uh, without a prison system a jail system a bail system everything that the country is built on to so we could have an orderly safe life is now being dismantled I, I I I say this every day but there are forces here that want to take a complete wrecking ball to the comfortable way we live and they are doing it, and they're doing it by, uh, you know, they got to the judges here. They got to this Samantha Jessner and uh, Lawrence Riff, and these two were lying in wait, waiting for their moment. And they got a case, and they ruled on the case, and now they're justifying this, this new, and they're doing it in the middle of a crime wave, a terrible crime wave that we see every night on television. Tell me that they're not intentionally trying to destroy our way of life. What would they do differently if you wanted to destroy our way of life without using weaponry? What would you do differently? You'd get rid of the prison system, the jail system, the bail system. You'd have a district attorney not prosecute 10,000 cases. You'd start letting murderers out even if they've been convicted to life without parole. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, KB Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you listen to the John and Ken On Demand podcast. We have a couple of interviews which uh, really you ought to spend some time with tonight. We spoke with uh, Ken Klinkenbrumer and uh, Brittany Lindsay. Lindsay. That's the mother and fiancé of Deputy Ryan Klinkenbrumer, who was gunned down by that crazy person in front of the Palmdale Sheriff's Station a few weeks ago. And then we had John McKinney, who's running for district attorney against Gascon, and he was talking about the zero bail policy, that insanity. So want to listen right. to this stuff because you i mean you got to keep track of this we're, we're, we're the only show we're only the only media outlet show newscast that, that covers this stuff which which is why we're in the state we're in it's not even covered all right well who wants to go for a helicopter ride uh, over catalina and we'll shoot deer from the helicopter what? well that's the plan the catalina island conservancy the nonprofit that manages 90% of the island uh, says that uh, the mule deer that are roaming, supposedly there's more than 2,000 of them, uh, the mountains of Santa Catalina Island have apparently become so invasive. Uh, they're devastating uh, all sorts of uh, plant life on the island. They are disrupting and sometimes attacking people's pets. Uh, they're coming into conflict with people and pets all the time. So they have proposed a plan to fish and wildlife that there be a helicopter sharpshoot to oh. kill 2,000 of the deer. 2,000? Oh, probably, my God. There's probably more than 2,000. I said 2,000 total, and that's just the number they want to kill. Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there'll be prizes. Hey. In uh, fact, Deborah Mark, there is this part of the story. The deer are not doing too well. A lot of them end up starving to death. There's just not enough water or food for them, and they have multiplied in incredible numbers. So they walk around completely emaciated, and there's one lady in the story that says it's terrible. We find the carcasses all the time. Oh. They were not killed. They were just died because oh, that's so sad. they couldn't eat. Cat so. Catalina is like the island of death. They killed thousands of goats, <laughs> thousands of feral pigs. They killed uh, a lot of bison, hundreds bison. of bison. Did you see that part in the story that apparently the, the bison started there because of a movie shoot in like the 1920s? Yeah. The crew and left eventually the... they multiplied, but uh, they had too many bison. They had to kill them off, too. Well, it started out with 14 bison. And uh, you imagine that inbreeding, huh? <laughs> okay, so there's no animal rescue group or some organization that could set up something in Catalina and, A, take care of these these animals that are so sick that are dropping dead and prevent something so radical is getting in a helicopter and shooting these animals. I mean, that just seems so barbaric. And they're going to leave the carcasses where they where they got shot. They're not going to pick them up or move them. or <laughs> They're just going to rot. The vultures are going to come. I yeah. feel like we're living in a third world. That's well, so weird. Well, <laughs> intense grazing by deer has placed increasing stress on native plants. Paved the way, uh-oh, for the spread of highly flammable invasive weeds, such as, well, look this one up, the flax leaf broom. Oh, that's bad. But that means fires. That's the problem with that. So that worries people there that if the deer are eating up all the helpful vegetation, the weeds are growing, they'll burn. So 
says here they feast on home gardens, they attack pets, they become entangled in lawn chairs and soccer nets. There's just too many of them. Let's sterilize them. Now, Deborah, you could take a boat over there and put them on the boat. Oh, yeah. And maybe bring them back to the mainland to a sanctuary. You know, a lot of this is is man made because, like the bison, the deer came to the island in the 1930s. They were trying to increase the wildlife and they wanted to create a hunting. uh, Okay, so you know what? Now look what's happening. So they need to fix this problem without murdering. Because uh, they, they, whomever started like, it, they need to fix. Well, they're probably long looks gone, like what happened but, to remember that good old idea that you put out food that has uh, <laughs> that neuters them, that basically right. has something in it, right that, that kills them. Falls their, falls their parts to falls off. I don't know if that actually works. I've heard of that possible solution well, in other places. Yeah, chemical that, castration is what it would be. Then the, you stick it in like some food, right? right. Is that how they can? They just take it orally. They eat the and food their part, and then, their parts fall off. They don't. Well, I, oh, they just become infertile. I don't think their parts fall. Yeah, and then there's there's scattered parts all over yeah. Catalina. The, the male deer's uh, <laughs> sperm fails to uh, fire off. I guess. Uh, wow, AR-15 style rifles. They're going to be leaning into the helicopter. No, right there here. has to be a better solution. They're real. Well, I'm serious. Two thousand of them. And you're right, wow. Deborah. A lot of residents don't want this. They're asking f- uh, Fish and Wildlife not to okay this plan from the Conservancy people. To kill all the deer with a sharp shooting from a helicopter. They're also not going to be happy with the result if the deer are running amok and uh, all the all the plant life is eaten up. Yeah, and you're going to end up with dead deer all over the place. So that's anyway. why they need to they need to figure out some sanctuary there on Catalina, sterilize them so that we don't have more, and let's just let the the the, the deer that are still alive let them enjoy the rest of their life, and then everybody will be happy. Well, the you, end. You've been. <laughs> you can already hunt the deer on Catalina. Hunters are allowed to take about 200 deer a year, but they say right. that's not enough. Each doe produces two fawns every year, just up so, the limit to 400. But the, oh, they're gonna ki- they're gonna kill all the mommies. Oh, see that? Come on, all the mommies. What? You never seen Bambi? <laughs> yeah, I, I was Actually, traumatized by Bambi. I have never seen. Bambi. Oh, don't see it. No. It's very sad. I've heard about it all my life. I but, cried. To this day, uh, I can't watch it again. And as you would guess, visitors come and they throw them French fries and hot dogs and candy. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Turning the deer into meat eaters. Do- uh, deer like the salt found in cat food, but that lacks vitamins and can lead to bloating and fatal digestive disorders mm. and because they're they're herbivores. They're not used to eating, and cat food sometimes has meat and stuff in it. So, Well, there's no way all these species would ever naturally appear, obviously, on an island like this. Right. No, so it was, it was it was human beings. And 100 years ago when they did this, bringing bison, bringing deer, people didn't know any better. They just people, Everybody just did things. They, they didn't think of any consequences. Can we do a protest? Huh. I thought you liked those days, John, because that's how you I act I do like sometimes. those days. Why do we always try to fix things and change things? Well, people I, just did things. You just do things, all right? We got to live. There's 90 bison left, so the Conservancy no longer promotes them in advertising campaigns. So they're not going to kill the bison, but uh, today at least it's the mule deer that is the problem right now. Well, how did they get rid of it? Because they there were oh, three they did hun- bison hunting. Well, oh, so they did do hunting. Oh it, yeah, they they what, killed what, off right. Well, there's oh, been yeah. a lot of death and shooting going on, huh? Yeah, there was a whole list of uh, all the animals it's... they've had to eradicate over the years off of Catalina because. They become too invasive. There's too much damage being caused. And it's about the people. I don't think they're killing off the people, though. 
All right, we got more coming up. Tony Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. By the way, I stole your car during last news break. Well, how am I supposed oh, to get home? That's great. <laughs> I love convertibles. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM640. Man, I'm running into people who are very proud they got their vaccine. What do, you used to get the flu though every year too. Are you yeah, going to get the flu yeah. shot? You used to. You were I, doing I, that. I, I think I'm going to dodge that one too. You can get <laughs> tired of being injected, tired of strangers sticking needles into my body. <laughs> I don't know what's in those needles. Uh, you're right. To take the horse tranquilizer. What's that called? Trank. Uh, yeah. No. 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 The uh, <laughs> no. The one that people were using to treat COVID. Oh, ivermectin. Ivermectin. <laughs> No, I want Trank. That's the horse sedative. Oh, that'll knock you out. I'm on a, I'm Skin will be falling off. Your that's face. right. That's uh, yeah. Losing sores, rotted wounds. Well, you know, this was a TV show that was on for a while. Remember to catch a predator, and uh, it spawned people. The show's no longer on the air. It was about catching people that were obviously looking to have sex with underage children. You know, the Jeffrey Epstein's of the world. Uh, even though the show's not on anymore, people still do this. And a guy who called himself Bupak Shakur, I guess it's a takeoff on Tupac, mm-hmm. Bupak, real name Robert Wayne Lee, apparently had a following of 60,000 on Instagram and Facebook. And what he would do, he would pose as a 15-year-old girl to entrap men to want to have sex with him. Well, he went to a restaurant, this is in Michigan, Friday night around 10.30 p.m., and he confronted two guys at a table. One was only 18, the other was 17, and he accused the 18-year-old of being a pedophile. Things got nasty, and then one of the two young people pulled out a gun and killed him. So Bupak is no more. Uh, that's really a stupid thing he did. And What do you, you think is going to happen? You confront they, people publicly? But that's how you get views. You go there and take the video oh, as you confront them. Well, that's what To Catch a Predator did, which was pretty uh, captivating television when I used to see that show every now and then. Like some of the guys oh, would just walk into the, 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 the reporter would be in the kitchen. He'd say, well, they would, some would run away, but some wouldn't. Some would stand there and just kind of shrug and, right. yeah, is there a 13-year-old for me here? Yeah. I, they must have taken some security measures, though. The, oh, yes, you're right, the TV show people. Right. Oh, you're right, they probably had guys with guns waiting in the next room. Yeah, there, there, there had to. went sideways. There, there had to be something to that because. No, yeah, this guy's just doing this on his own. Because some of these He crimes, probably goes in there with his phone to take a video of him confronting the guys. Right. And, and, and you know, the, the kind of guys who would, who would do this kind of stuff, you know, you've got you've to do some, uh, <laughs> just like common sense is that they're pro- they could be violent in, in, in some way. If they're going after uh, young girls, that, that 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 they've got a lot of screws loose. I know, and you know, I guess you could make the case that uh, an eighteen, a seventeen-year-old going after a fifteen-year-old is that? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it is underage sex, but it's not like a forty-five-year-old man trying to entrap a teenage girl. See, so, because because when they did that show on on TV, it was in an enclosed area, and NBC would have been in complete control of the environment. And I don't know what they did because it must have crossed their minds. They what happens if one of these guys pulls out a gun and starts shooting, right? Because you get convicted oh, yeah. of these crimes, you could be in prison for decades. Well, I know. Used, used to be that way, and, and so I, I, I never thought of that. 
The sheriff in Oakland County, Michigan, this is, said that this guy was a one-man crusade. He did lead to the arrest and criminal charges being filed against several men, although there was at least one time he mistakenly identified someone as a sexual predator who was not. Mm. So, again, they're trying to make the case that you have to be careful if you're going to yeah, do this kind of thing. You really put yourself in play. Uh, yeah. Dangerous. Dangerous play. I think I'd rather confront the shoplifter than somebody who's going to be accused of being a pedophile, right? Yeah. Well, he's also doing this for his own ego to become famous. Yeah. You know, he d he didn't have to make it a, a running series on social media. But, <laughs> all right. We got... Uh, Conway here. Hey, now. Hey, I heard you guys talking about Catalina, where they're going to go over and kill everybody and the deer and everybody. Thousands of deer, yeah. Uh, I did some research. Uh, we're, we're trying to get this guy on. There's a group of a 1,000 vegans and vegetarians who are trying to raise money to save those deer, you know, like uh, Deborah Mark wanted. Is it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but they've got an interesting idea. They're going to go over to Catalina, you know, to observe everything. Yeah. And the helicopters are going to go up. And the vegans, here's how the, the charity part of it works. The vegans are going to be running around the island. And the guys in the helicopter are going to shoot the vegans oh, with, no. with, with, with Farmer John's sausages. <laughs> and every time a guy gets hit with a sausage, he donates 100 bucks. It's a good game. You know those little ones that mom and dad made, those little Farmer John sausages? You know, I had a feeling halfway through this. this yeah, not, how long did they spend on They were legitimate. They were 98 cents for a dozen of those little sausages. <laughs> sausages, yeah. Those were good. Those were good eating. And then they came out with maple flavor. Oh, Babu. You want some vegan cake here? <laughs> oh, my God. Deborah brought Shoot vegan Twinkies cake. at them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that before or after? Uh, well, it's been, it's been oh, attacked it's by many people. Um, all right, so we're going to do, uh, we have Powerball uh, chit-chat going on, uh, $1.04 billion, that's tonight. And then we have an emergency um, uh, test to uh, hit phones, radios, and TVs on Wednesday. That's going to be a big deal. And plus, the overuse of cannabis links to heart failure. Oh. Heart failure. How about that? You hear that, Tim? Yes. Got to be careful. Yeah. All right. So, you're on your way on out. On my way out. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Man. You know what saved me from uh, dying of a heart attack and smoking weed? Having a kid because I got too paranoid and I quit all oh, that crap. Look at that. Yeah. 18 years ago. Is 18 years right? ago this Thursday. How about that? No kidding. Yes. You just cut it all cold turkey? I, I had to. I got too paranoid. I always thought if something happened or when I'm high, I could never forgive myself. I always thought, you know, someone's going to break in. I was too high to offend the family. So I quit. <laughs> That's great logic. That's right. That's, you know, everyone should have a kid. You want to get off drugs, have kids. I don't think that's really? the message they're sending. Care about someone besides yourself, right? Right. If you want to stop smoking weed, get a, get a bunch of kids. Once she moves out of the house, though, you'll be back. Uh, oh, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Big dog. On right. the way back from dropping off at college, I'll be, uh, you know, high as a kite. The big party. All right, that's Con right. Conway's next. Big dog with big you guys. Dog. John and Ken, everybody. Uh, yeah, and, we're uh, Michael Crozier, live in the big uh, dog. KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.